Nijay, this is going to be our last episode for this particular season, and we're going to go out. We're going to go out in flames brother. with a bang. We're going to go out in glory. Um, <laughs> I uh, recently read uh, by recommendation uh, from somebody else an article that came out in the Washington Post uh, this uh, this this week. It's the week after spring break, two thousand twenty-two. Um, uh, an article by uh, Christine Emba uh, in the uh, Washington Post. The title of the article is, uh, it's an opinion piece, Washington Post. Consent is not enough. We need a new sexual ethic. Mm, so wow. the, 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 the gist of this particular article written by uh, Christine Emba, woman, uh, African-American woman who, from what I can tell, does not, come at this conversation around sexual consent and sexual ethics from a particularly Christian com- uh, framework, from what I can tell. Um, she, she may, but she, she's not overtly described. She's not quoting the Bible. No. Well, <laughs> she's a quote the, she, well, okay. So she, the, the basic idea here is that essentially we've arrived at this point in Western progressive culture where the last remaining sexual ethic we have is consent that 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 is the the last living you know everything else is gone um you know what marriage looks like what um uh you know even polyamory that you know numbers of partners i mean just all the boundaries have been transcended except for sexual consent and basically right. the point of this article is that she is arguing it um, it has not led to the life that we wanted it to leave, uh, to 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 become. Now, uh, she is one hundred percent, as would any of us be, uh, affirming that consent is an important part of a sexual ethic. Uh, that consent matters, uh, should always matter. Um, that consent is an important part of our societal's understanding view of what sex uh, should entail in a civilized context. But she does a bunch of interviews where she interviews women who uh, have essentially consented to sexual experiences, um, but then afterwards report they really didn't want to do those things, but they said yes to just sort of please the person or something sure. like that. And uh, this the sense of, like, we may be consenting, but it's not bringing life. It's unfulf- profoundly unfulfilling. And there's a line in the piece where she says, we've made consent the ceiling when it was meant to be the floor. Hmm. We've made it the most important thing when in reality, um, this should be the basis, not the the goal. And and it's really ironic because she begins to quote theologians, people like, I think she quotes really? St. Thomas Aquinas when I guess um, by wondering out loud, maybe there's more to sex than just sex. Getting <laughs> right. consent. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe things like love and commitment should be a part of it. And like covenant, and service and fidelity and humility and that and that maybe we're unfulfilled because our our ethic is basically simply just allowed space for the yes but we haven't asked the question of well what's it for right now i'm reading this article we're not going to dive into sexuality here other than quoting the article but i'm reading this article i i I, I'm, i'm going through it and this is what what hits me as i'm reading it um it feels like to borrow um brian zahn's book everything is on fire it feels like there's been a big fire and everything's burned down. Right. And all the things that once stood now have fallen to the ground and are in the, the ashes. 
And I see a moment where it's almost like folks are beginning to wake up and ask, maybe we were meant for more than just this. Hmm. In a sense, it, it almost feels like it's, it's, I hate the term inflection point, but it almost feels like we're going to begin to see people in a world that has burned it all down, start asking, wait, maybe there's more. Right. And I can't help but celebrate that because God knows sex is intended to be more than just consent, that God has created this as a gift that is powerful and life-giving and is also profoundly dangerous. Uh, sex is beautiful and good, but good night. Should we have more of an ethic than just consent? So here's what I want to talk about. It feels like to me in a world that maybe has burned down everything that once was. Do you think, Nijay, we're going to start seeing amongst the ashes, people begin to wake up and ask the bigger questions again? Maybe there is a God. Maybe maybe there is meaning. Maybe there is value. Maybe there are absolute realities that are worthy of being fought for. You know, I, I think so. Because when I, when I, when I um, think about these same kinds of things where um, we have demolished so many systems and institutions around us, uh, and some of those things do need to be uh, put into question and checked and challenged, they're not replaced by something else. And so there is this kind of uh, rebound of power and authority that goes back into our own hands individually. And the danger of that is, are we really equipped to handle that? So when it comes to consent, and obviously I agree consent is important, um, it really presumes the um, soundness, the soundness, Mm. you know, sound mind and body of the person consenting. Now I'm not. I'm taking this out of the the sexual context and putting it in the context of me teaching my 15 year old how to drive. Mm. Right? There are reasons that we have rules that you can't just wake up as a 13 year old. I have a 13 year old, by the way. <laughs> you can't just wake up as a 13 year old, grab the keys, and start driving. Yeah. Thank God. Why? Why not? Because we believe that they're not capable. Yeah. Of actually handling the responsibility. Yeah. Of driving around this massive machine. My 15-year-old is hardly responsible, but one day under my guidance and my wife's guidance um, and and driving instructor's guidance, uh, she's ready Mm -hmm. to take on that responsibility. But we don't just give it to everybody because it's a free country. Mm. We say some people can bear this responsibility and some people can't. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, we as Americans care so much about individual rights and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But we also understand the concept of having a system train us properly yeah, to right. make those decisions. Right, right. Now, what, what Christians do then is we say, um, we, we stand before God in our decisions. Yeah. It, it's an act of humility to accept accept the privilege of independence and then give it over to God mm. and say, you know, you're actually going to tell me how to navigate this rather than, than um, do it by myself. I don't know if you watched the, um, the really clever, but also discouraging movie. Don't look up. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, you know, it's a parody that is poking fun at, at, at a lot of things, but it's, this, it's about this, 
you know, asteroid that's going to destroy the Earth and, and politics gets in the way of scientists being able to actually convince people yep. to, to stop the problem, right? And, uh, you know, brilliant commentary on culture hmm. where our ideological desire to, uh, to fight with everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, gets in the way of us working together to preserve our humanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a brilliant commentary on culture. But I could see someone watching that movie and falling into despair in the same way the characters, the scientists Absolutely. in the story do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing that my faith does for me is it attaches – um, my sense of being to a greater story that God is telling yep. uh, of, of his control over the world. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I think about um, my kids, uh, you know, they're in public school. We're happy they're in public school. I went to public school. My wife went to public school. Um, we have no problem with public schools, but we want to make sure that um, we're helping them figure out right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Through through the the lens of our Christian faith, because they're taught a plurality of things in school. Yeah, um, I'm not lamenting that. I don't necessarily expect the school to teach them right and wrong. I t- expect them to teach them basic civility and teach them math and science and all of that. But I feel like the burden falls to me as a parent. Yes, to help yeah. them navigate the world, and they live in a world where everything's on fire. AJ. Yes, everything. And yeah. uh, I think it's a real gift to be able to help them navigate their world with the resources that we have from our faith. Yeah, the, it's watching watching Ukraine and, and Russia right now. Um, the, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about the Zelensky moment. We're watching somebody, a father, yeah. who is Young willing father. to stick and stay to fight for something that he believes in, and. And utilize, you know, he's not running, he's not afraid, he's just going to stay in Kiev, and he's just going to be there. And I think there's something about us as as Americans that we long for that. Like, we we long, we have a nostalgia or a longing to have something we love so much we're willing to go all in on. But when you when you when you spend your life burning your world down, and and you you spend your time. You know the world is on fire, and we're questioning everything, and 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 rethinking everything, and critiquing everything. Um, and and finally, the world there's not much standing. What is there to live for anymore? Um, I think it was like last week. Was it uh, there was a uh, there was a study where uh, Americans were asked if Ukraine, if Russia attacked America, would you fight for America? Yeah. And I think it was something, would you stay or leave? I think was the question. Would you stay and fight or would you leave? And I, I think it was like 40% of Americans said they didn't know if they would fight for, yeah. for uh, the, the freedom and the life that they have. And I think that's telling. When the world's on fire, why, what is there to care about anymore? And so, so no wonder we 40% would say, I don't, I, why, why, why would I fight? There's, it's all burned to the ground. It's, yeah. all, it's all burned to the ground. Um, we're really good. At being, um, we're really good at dissecting. We're not very good at doing surgery or raising the dead. Hmm. We're really good at cutting things apart, but we're not really good at, at, at suturing them up and putting them back together again. We know how to take the engine apart. We don't know how to fix an engine. 
It's almost it's almost a, an American <laughs> gift. Like we're ju- we're awesome at 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 bringing things down, atomizing things yeah. to its smallest component. But we just seem to have this almost allergy to building something beautiful. Well, let me give you a pop pop culture moment here. Um, you know, I I uh, I didn't watch the Oscars live. Oh, the Oscars! Oh. But I did catch some of the chatter, and so I ended up watching some YouTube videos. And then later on, I watched the whole thing, almost yeah. the whole thing. Fourteen hours later, <laughs> <laughs> too late, too late for the cultural moment. But um, you know, l- you know, the the slap heard heard round the world. You know, Will Smith is is actually one of my favorite. Um, celebrities, actors. I've I watched a Fresh Prince of Bel Air when I was a kid, and um, you know I I've seen him grow as a person. And um, we could talk if you want about the Denzel moment if you if you caught that. But Denzel counseled him during one of the breaks. Um, but you know what's interesting, just like you were saying, is that everybody has an opinion, and um, it you know if I'm watching social media um some people are are for will some are against some yes. things this is about uh um shame and and uh um dignity and other people think that um he should have his oscar you know revoked um and then or that he should have been arrested on arrested. the spot yeah. he was actually asked to leave and he yeah. didn't um and and you know if you're trying to figure out right and wrong i mean there's so many opinions coming from celebrities, coming from faith leaders, coming from uh, people that were there uh, on the day. Um, and I think I would struggle to figure out how can I ever decide who's right and wrong when everybody has some opinion on it. Yep. There are a trillion opinions. Yep. Um, it's that same thing that you're talking about where we love to criticize things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't actually have opinions on these things. Um, but at the end of the day, how do you actually know what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. The easiest thing to do is to say, uh, let's let each person live out what their own feeling is. Yeah. Right or, or at least we're hyper selective around which arenas we're willing to declare a really important truth. I mean, a great example would be, um, you know, we, we are, taking massive and great strides as a culture to address wrongs in the realm of uh, racial injustice, justice issues, and almost, you know, absolutists when it comes to, you know, holding to these really strong absolute truths around justice. But then when it comes to sexuality, back to, back to where we began, it all goes, right. whatever, whatever it is. So we're, 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 you know, we're, we're absolutists in the streets and we're relativists in the sheets. But so we're really like we're really selective around, you know, where we're willing to apply this sense of constructive truth, which I think leaves us all longing for more because we 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 the human heart longs for beauty and goodness and righteousness. And when we spend all of our time burning everything down, there's nothing left that brings joy. You just get ashes. Yeah. And d- is it important we demolish aspects of our history or aspects, not of our history, but aspects of uh, our cultural heritage. Sure. Sure. No, no, no doubt. Um, But there is still a lot of good worthy to be cared for and stewarded and not burned down. Was it GK Chesterton 
who had what was called, he called this his famous Chesterton fence, the Chesterton fence. It was his idea of um, that you shouldn't just tear a fence down just because it's there, because maybe it's supposed to be there. Yeah. The idea that just, don't, just we always assume, I just tear the fence down, tear the fence down. Yeah. And his idea was, no, actually don't tear the fence down because probably somebody put it there for a really good reason. <laughs> Your daughter probably shouldn't drive a car yet because somebody was thoughtful and said, you know, maybe we shouldn't let 13-year-olds drive. Yeah, we do tried some more that. investigation. Yeah. Don't just question it and bring it down just because at the moment it doesn't fit you. Maybe there's been some wisdom that has gone in, gone into that. Um yeah, I, Nijay, I, I think I'm observing. This is new to me. I think this is the first time I've said this in our year of being together. I'm observing a new wave of people who five years ago, um, when I was pastoring in Portland, five years ago, had deconstructed everything and walked away. Mm-hmm. And those people now are beginning to talk about God again right. and are beginning to talk about the church again. Um, and one in particular story of a guy who utterly ch- chucked his faith. It was now back in the church, like in love with God. And I, I almost wonder if we're going to see more of that of in the ashes, people in exile start to wonder about God again. I, I love in Isaiah, uh, the most, more than any other book in the entire Bible, the phrase uh, created or the creator God is used in Isaiah more than any other book in the Bible, even more than Genesis 1 and 2. Right. And it's an exilic book. Yeah. It's a book written by people in exile who have lost it all. And how do they see God? As a creator God. Well, you know, I, I think what that demonstrates is when you burn everything <laughs> uh, and when you're able to name and and uh, sometimes destroy things that you consider bad. Um, and sometimes that's, we have to do those things. Um, it does feel good and right, right? Yes. When, when we when we name abuse, when we name corruption, and we dismantle that, mm-hmm. it feels good and right. And creates community. You create community right. destroying things. I mean, it's right. absolutely. Yeah. But then when everything is on fire and there's just dust and ashes, then I think, some people, not everybody, some people feel empty. Yes. Right? And yes. that emptiness is that that void of, okay, why was I originally interested in the faith or interested yeah. in God? Or what? why did I originally resonate with what I received from my parents and my grandparents? Um, I don't think everybody will go back to that, but it is that sense of, in the beginning, people experience that richness and depth of knowing God and Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, you're kind of talking about maybe we're entering, you know, a cultural season uh, of of people uh, of of those embers of the burning everything starting to uh, disintegrate, mm-hmm. and we start to realize something is missing. Yeah, in yeah, my life. Yeah, they said when the fires happened in Portland. Um, I think my friend Paul Pastor, who lives up yeah. n- near where the fires were. It was, it was, I think it was him or somebody told me that the fire was so hot that the embers went so deep into the soil that some of the embers were down there still alive and hot for like two years. Yeah. And that there, there's always a possibility that they could spark up and give, and, and I, I don't know, that's kind of a cool image, actually. The image of, um, you know, the, the embers, the embers of the gospel are down there, um, and 
I don't know. I they're not if, gone. They're, they're 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 not gone. They're, they're still, still there. Capable of they're still capable fire. of catching us all on in a good sense, the, yeah. a gospel fire to wake up to God uh, 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 again. And you know when you yeah, unfortunately, when you spend all your time destroying, you become a destroyer. Yeah. So you you know it's the, the the old saying that when you give when you give a, a kid a hammer, everything's a nail. Yeah. And when we want to destroy and we be, when we do it a lot, we become destroyers. It becomes part of our character. We need something to always destroy. Yeah. And that that's a bad place to be when I find my identity in just destroying everything. That doesn't mean we're not creative people when we do that. Um, so Lord, may it be, <laughs> may it be, uh, Christine Emba, your article uh, about consent. I don't know if you ever listened to the In Faith and Doubt <laughs> podcast. I doubt you do. But I hope that you represent a new generation of people that are beginning to ask the questions in the middle of the ash. How can we create something more beautiful than this? More more life-giving than this? I, I think what's helped me is having, you know, because when I go on social media, all I see is this cacophony of voices, everybody clamoring for your attention and your likes. So I have a handful of people that I see as kind of those those voices in the desert mm. who are helping me stay centered, mm-hmm. uh, but who have also experienced a lot of life. Yeah. So let me just name a few of them. So my colleague Scott McKnight yeah. uh, is one of those people, but Beth Moore, actually, I, I yes. spent a lot of time appreciating yeah. Yeah. Um, the, Michael Bird, the wise things that Beth says. Yeah, yeah Beth, I don't know Michael. if you know Jackie Hill Perry. Yes, um, she she is very honest as a person, but there's so much gospel hope also yeah. in her voice. Um, Derwin Gray is a friend of mine uh, who who I just feel like has a, just a great head on his shoulders. Yeah, lived a lot of life, um, lived a lot of difficult life, gone through career change and all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm finding myself in this season of life, AJ, turning away from the cacophony Hmm. and turning towards those voices that I resonate with, but that also are leading me on a healthier path of love of neighbor and love of God. And and trying to trying to silence or or bracket out that, you know, you could use the image of cacophony or you could use the image of everything's burning. Uh, who are who are helping me find my route through the fire? Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe. Amen. Let's build something good. <laughs>